never tell me. Well, now I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something. Critters can't go to college. I feel like if the ghoulies could get into college, the critters could get into at least a community college. I don't think so. The critters... I don't know. The critters could probably go to community college. That's where I went. (laughs) And I'm more or less a critter. Yeah, more or less. I've got the hair. I've got the beady red eyes and sharp jagged teeth of a critter. (laughs) Which is why they wouldn't let me into the regular college. Right. It's discriminatory. It is. It's pretty fucked up, to be honest. It is. And you know what else is fucked up? That are for the third or fourth year running or five weeks of fright start in September. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got lucky that first time. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so yeah, welcome to the Raincoat Report, and it's time for our annual tradition, Five Weeks of Fright, which we did not promote last week because we weren't sure if it was time yet, but we now know that it is time. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. It matters. I mean, It, it does matter. It all matters, but <laughs> it doesn't matter that we didn't promote it because the people, they listen. They listen. They tune in. Uh, we have a new fan. Excellent. I'm yes. glad to hear it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I know my uh, my longtime partner finally listened to the show, and uh, it only took them three years. Yeah. I don't think it's you know I don't think pornography is something they're super into. Well, that's so I get fair. It. So I get it. But uh, now they've just been like. We work together now. Oh, yeah. They've just been like cackling at work (laughs) and quoting things to me that I don't remember saying (laughs) from years ago. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I was like, I guess I did say that at one point. (laughs) But I was like, I really don't remember usually what movie we covered by the week after. Right. (laughs) So uh, I don't know. I've been getting to hear some of our old episodes. Uh, Our mic sounds a lot better now. Oh, uh, yeah. Noticeably, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Same microphones, different recorder that's a little bit better at doing its job. But yeah. honestly, we might want to take some of that Patreon money and get some some better mics. Yeah, and then we can use these ones for something else. Yeah. Like, well, we could, if nothing else, for guests. They can have the crappy mics and we could get the good ones. Yeah, we could get some good ones. But uh, yeah, it's good to finally be supported in my relationship. <laughs> Uh, it's been good. Uh, uh, they were like working at one of the stations and were just kind of like laughing and cackling and the other person just kept looking over at them. <laughs> so, uh, it's a, we're a laugh a minute. <laughs> or at least we were. Now we're going to be a spook a minute. Oh yeah. Cause it's time to get spooky. It's time to get dark. Yes. And no better way to get dark than to drink some. Modelo Negras. Yes. The darkest of the black beers. Yes. Well, maybe. This one, I've had one that was really black one time that tasted like motor oil, and perhaps it was just motor oil. Oh. (laughs) And that's the blackest beer I ever had. (laughs) This is a very dark brown, I would say. Yeah, this is, you know, we talk about our brown on this show, and... This is a dark brown for some dark boys talking about dark subjects. Yeah, for dark times. Yes. Yep, so... That's darkness, isn't it? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Come to talk about porn again. (laughs) 
right? <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, we got us. Uh, we're going to start off on, uh, I think, a real high note this time. <laughs> yes, we. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to recapture this momentum. Yeah, the, it's all downhill from here. Yeah, but straight uh, into the cold, clammy hands of the earth. Yes, into the tomb of the erotic. Yes. Yeah. But today we are talking about or a the crypt. I think crypts are underground. Yes, crypts, catacombs. Yeah, it's all down there. If you just take, if you just go down there and take a look around, you'll see it all. Just take a look around. It's nice down there. It's honeycombed. Oh yeah. There's graves. There's cisterns. There's pits. Catacombs, as you said. They got that little honeycomb monster from the commercials. Yeah, he's like a. What was he? He's like a Tasmanian devil. He was like a Tasmanian devil, but maybe also like a bee. I don't know. Kind of like a hedgehog bee sort of Tasmanian devil creature. I'll tell you what, though. It didn't make me want that cereal. No, not particularly. But uh, he was disturbing, and that's worth something. That's that's what it's all about. Yes, he, he would be a disturbing creature to run into in the catacombs. Yeah. I would have to slay him with my broadsword. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of mythical blades and such, uh, that well, brings us to... Do you have to... one? No, I don't. Do you have Excalibur? I wish. Have you seen Excalibur? No. Okay. That's it. Okay, well... <laughs> this I thought week... I would try to open up a channel of discussion. Yeah, I'd shut you down immediately. I could have just gone with the improv thing of yes and, right. but I, I don't know anything about it, so I was going to fall off a cliff real quick. That's good. I almost I tried to watch it and I fell asleep as I often do. Oh, okay. That's about it. <laughs> well, this week's film, Hard Gore, from 1974-1975, somewhere in that range... Uh, purportedly directed by Michael Hugo, although it's not uh, directly credited, is quite something. Yeah. Uh, we do see... We see a few people that we've uh, come across before. We've got John Seaman here, David Book, who we've come across. I've seen Turk Lion before. Uh, yeah, we have seen Turk Lion before. Yeah, this is uh, supposedly by uh, Michael Hugo, and it's the only film by Michael Hugo. Yeah. it's uh, So we've got a mystery here. We do have a mystery. We need to track down Michael Hugo. I don't think that's even a real name. Probably not. Do you think he's related to Victor Hugo? I think he's probably a hunchback. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. This definitely has the feel of a film directed by a hunchback. Yeah, if you let... Uh, the Hunchback of the Morgue directed a film. <laughs> I was trying to think of his name. It's like Otto or something. Otho. Or- Ortho, I think. No. Orf. Who are you, Hunchback of the Morgue? <laughs> Morpho, maybe? No. Gotho. Yeah. Gotho. Gotho, the hunchback Wolfgang of the morgue. Gotho, a simpleton hunchback who works at a hospital morgue. Yeah. 
It's a great Paul Nashy film. Yes. It uh, was uh, one of the wackier ones from the earlier era. Yeah. I will I was, say, once you get into the 80s, it gets his stuff gets really weird mm-hmm. and trashy, and it's great. Uh, but in the earlier years, there's like... There's like several that feel just kind of like takes on Universal films and don't get too wild. Yeah. And then there's some that are the hunchback of the morgue. Yeah. He's like working for like a basically like a Herbert West reanimator type. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's a wild film, but it's not what we're here to talk about today. No. Today we're here to talk about what might be a snuff film. Perhaps. So yeah, hard gore. Uh, was a an attempt, uh, at least the folklore around it. I found online somebody was talking about this as an attempt by people who made uh, mainstream films to make a fuck film and be like, well, we could do all kinds of cool special effects and stuff, and we could do something better than these uh, porn people can do. Yeah, we have real talent. But uh, what we got in return was something different. (laughs) Um, It's something that attempts to be both horror and erotic at the same time. And, uh, you know, depending on your taste, it might not live up to either of those things. But what it does do is uh, create a film unlike any other, really. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's an exceptional coat of grime on it yeah yeah it's uh wow i guess we'll just have to talk about it like we always do yeah i guess i guess we probably do so yeah that's hard gore we're gonna get pretty hard gore in our discussion about hard gore yeah we'll probably be hardcore about hard gore some hardcore hard gore that's what's on offer today yes <laughs> All right. Uh, well, my brain's already ceasing to function. So. Yeah, what happened to you? Yeah, I don't know. Usually, we get pretty deep into recording before my brain starts to fail me. But what happened? Uh, I don't know. I I I started second guessing what I was saying about the film, and then I was like, "Wait, was that another film that I watched that that was the story of?" And I couldn't find that either. So I'm like, "Okay, I think that was about this." I don't know. You've been huff- you've been huffing glue. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. Well, okay. Well, let's take a break and uh, give me a little dollop ready. Dollop of glue? Yeah. All right. We'll have to get some of that. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we'll huff some glue and then we'll be back to talk a little bit more about hard gore.
register that one. Chester.cheeto at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just because I repeated it a lot while we were at break. <laughs> it's in my head now. Maybe we could get it at Cheetos.com. Do you think they have mail? I guarantee you that there is... I mean, if they have the domain set up, they should be able to figure it out. I don't know. And I don't care. Fair Tell me enough. about pornography. So, I did find the quote that I was thinking of. Uh, it was in a review on adult DVD talk, so take it as it will, but it does attribute this to John Seaman. According to oh. John Seaman, Hardgore was made by several people who usually worked in Hollywood, but thought they could make a better adult film than the adult film auteurs of the time. Reportedly, Hardgore was shot over the course of five days on 35mm film by Hollywood cinematographer Michael Hugo. Okay. So, that that's it. That's what I was going for. That's interesting that, as far as I can tell, Michael Hugo has nothing else, even though he's a cinema... Let me see. That's it? Cinematographer? A, no cinematography credits at all, and I almost ate a bug. <laughs> Excellent. Your house is full of bugs. Well, not if you eat them all. I can't argue with that. So, uh, this was, and I'll also add, uh, this was restored and released by Massacre Video, I believe, last year. I was going to ask about that. And, uh, well, they had, uh, obviously had elements that were a bit beat up and nasty, but, you know, it definitely works for this type of film, that's for sure. Yeah, uh adds a certain ambiance to the film to kind of have it be as uh, grainy as possible. But it, the transfer does look really good, though. Yeah. Like, it's a... Uh, it looks like a good presentation of what the film element is. Yeah. Uh, I would say if you reach the end of this, and it sounds like something you can stomach to uh, definitely snap a copy up before it's gone forever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be gone forever. I don't know how they work. I mean, eventually, probably. Eventually, probably gone forever. When they outlaw porn, this will be one of the first ones they burn. Yes. If they knew it existed. They'll probably just burn, like, Anal Stepsisters 35 and stuff that they already had at home. They will burn us along with this film. Yeah, they're going to build a big pyre of pornography, and we're going to be in the middle of it. Yeah, they're going to find all the original camera negatives of all the films we've covered on this podcast and stack them around us and yeah. just burn us all at the same time. That actually sounds nice like for us even if it's not like a state punishment. Like just that's the way like we could go out. Yeah, I mean, if I've got to go out, yeah. That's a good way to go. Yeah, it would be I'd probably get like a lot of like weird hallucinations from all the like toxic celluloid smoke <laughs> yeah. before I died. That would be cool. Yeah. So, you know. And maybe your hallucinations will be something like this film. Oh, that would be... What a dream. <laughs> <laughs> to sleep. Perhaps to dream. Yeah. <laughs> so we open... To die. To be truly dead. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. <laughs> I forgot how it Yeah, went. that's the line. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bella. Uh, he has a cool name. He has a hipster name. Yeah? Yeah. Bella. That's true. Bella. But you tell us about hardcore. So we open with some title cards over a silhouette of a woman giving a blowjob. 
I think these may be uh, added later, like not on the original film element. I'm not sure. It doesn't quite look like it compared to the rest of it. Yeah. But it does. This looks like a silhouette of a blowjob scene that occurs in the film. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, if it's not original, it's made in uh, the spirit of the film. Sure. In tribute. But we quickly cut from that to a car cruising down some country roads and turning into a driveway that has a sign for Fox Hollow Sanatorium. Oh, okay. This is like the one I worked at. Yes. We'll we'll see. Uh, we cut to inside where a bearded man is handing off paperwork, consenting to the treatment uh, of a young lady named Maria. Yeah, that's about that's kind of what I did. Uh, she's played by Diane Galky or Diane Glinky, depending on where you look at her name. Uh, but the treatment here is being done by Dr. George, played by John Seaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did note that uh, Maria, uh, through my IAFD research, died at age 29 in 1983 due to an overdose. Okay. Probably from being in this film. <laughs> Perhaps. It shocked her to her core. So, uh, this bearded man asks Dr. George what her chances of recovery are, and Dr. George assures him that they're very good. Dr. George explains that uncontrollable nymphomania with masochistic tendencies isn't uncommon, and they treat it often here. So the doctor sends the nurse to show Maria her room. We see the nurse take Maria to the room, she tells Maria to undress and says that she must lock her in her room at night. That's the rules of the house. As the nurse is bending over to make the bed and Maria's undressing, Maria spies the nurse's panties and is immediately drawn to her, coming up behind the nurse to rub her ass and then pull off her panties. The nurse, of course, does nothing to stop this. Just one of the characters has these uh, side snap panties. I believe it is the nurse. Okay, that might they, be, yeah. They come off at the side. They're pretty nifty, you know? Yeah. We don't get as much of that anymore. No. I mean, I'm sure they make them somewhere, but they're not the popular fashion anywhere. It's been replaced with the thong, primarily. Yeah. Which is fine, but leaves little to the imagination. Yeah. It certainly isn't as fun as a snap. Not at all. Do you ever have those pants that snap up on the sides? No. I had some. I loved them. <laughs> I loved just, like, whipping them off. Like, when I got home, I was just like, bah, bah, bah. They just all would pop off at once. That's pretty cool. It was like being Hulk Hogan, but forgetting your dick out. <laughs> we cut to Maria and the nurse in bed together, naked, making out and caressing one another. Maria kisses all over the nurse's body for a bit, and then they start to scissor and bump tacos for a bit. Yeah, they're um, they're going at it. You don't see too much scissoring in the older films. No, you don't. But uh, here we have it. It's in fine form. Maybe this is one of those things uh, Michael Hugo with his Hollywood connections thought he could do better. Perhaps. Maybe he was right. Perhaps. But as a former sanatorium man, this is unprofessional. Yeah, that seems like it would probably be frowned upon. It would be crossing the line and you'd have to go to court. Well, as we see, the rules of this sanitarium are uh, not quite the same as most probably. Yeah, they have a, you know what? They have a lower standard and it results in accidents, as you can see. Yes. So uh, the nurse, after a bit, says that was wonderful. They kiss and the nurse says that 
they should go to the shower and uh she leads her out of the room and we cut to the shower where the nurse uses a handheld shower head to soak maria's bush for a bit before she starts to eat her out as she sits on her knees working her fingers working her fingers in as well after a while mm-hmm. we then cut to the nurse toweling maria off the nurse then tells maria that she can't stay here she tells her to leave tonight and that she'll leave her door unlocked. Maria asks why, and the nurse tells her there are terrible things that happen here. She had to fuck her first to know that she was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so she could tell her the truth. Right. Uh, but yeah, terrible things in the asylum? What sort of terrible things, boss? Well, we'll find out. Okay. We cut to Maria in her room again. In voiceover, she's questioning why she came here though she does mention fooling around is nice. She then notices a box on a nearby dresser and opens it up to find a couple of dildos. Is that one of the terrible things? Uh, I don't know. Well, I guess we're going to find out about that. She asks, what kind of sanitarium is this? One of the dildos is a hollow rubber dildo with a hard plastic vibrator inside. Yeah, it's, got a, it's got its own cozy. Yes. Cozy. It's a nice little slip, dust cover kind of thing. The other is a more rubber silicone-based dildo with a metal wire crank on the end that makes it twitch back and forth. I believe we've seen one of these in one or two films before. We've seen it before, and to call back recently, uh, I was listening to, I think it was, uh, I think they were listening to Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls, and there's a, they got one of those cranks in there, because I was listening to that one recently. Okay. Uh, because of my partner's newfound interest in my activities. Yes. <laughs> I have also recently rewatched that. I don't There might it might have been a different one. It it might have been that uh I know we talk about I know we uh, early on we were pretty uh we were kind of biased against the old vibrators and dildos because we were worried about like the safety process, but the more I see, the more I like. <laughs> Things are different. Yeah, and, you know, I guess. They don't do them like they used to do they don't in the make old them like days. They, yeah, I've got to that point where I'm nostalgic for how they used to do dildos. <laughs> and I'm nostalgic for the way they used to treat ladies. They would just give them a dildo and you'd give them orgasms. You'd send them on their way. <laughs> that used to be doctor and a lady back in the day. Um, and it still is at this asylum. So Maria lays back on the bed and starts to fuck herself with the hard plastic vibrator. Uh, without the outer rubber dick koozie on it. Uh, she sucks the other dildo as she does this. After a bit, we cut to Maria asleep in bed, and she's awakened by some yelling outside her room. Maria opens the door to see the nurse that she had fun with earlier standing there, throat slashed, spurting blood everywhere. What the hell is happening? <laughs> oh, no, those, uh, it's very solid gore. Yes. It's a it's on the level of films around this time, I would say, maybe yeah. even exceeding some some of them for sure. Maria screams and takes off running down the hallways until a man with a stocking over his face grabs her. We see a bunch of flashes of sex acts, women's faces and occult symbols before cutting to Maria laying on an exam table with two guys on either side of her, stockings over their head, cocks out. She sucks the two guys' cocks, and there are other people having sex on the floor nearby. 
just as this is getting into a groove, we see a knife fly into the shot and cut off one of the dicks, leading to blood spurting everywhere and the sound of a scream. It sound, It looks to me, because I watched it twice, I think there's two streams. Okay. There's a blood stream, and I think there's a cum stream. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes sense. either way, the dick is like hollow inside. It's, yeah. <laughs> it makes it a little bit more disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not anticipate this. No, it uh, comes out of nowhere and is certainly one of the more shocking moments in film. It's, uh, I'm in love. We cut to Maria alone in that room, blood on her neck and chest. And then we cut to Maria laying in bed with Dr. George and another nurse at her side. Dr. George awakens Maria, noting to the nurse that she's coming out of it. Maria tells the doctor she had a terrible dream. Dr. George explains that she was running down the hallway screaming at the nurses and insulting the patients. Maria notices the nurse here is different than the one she had the day before. She asks where her nurse is, and Dr. George says that she left this morning. Maria notices a guard and a dog outside, noting that there's no way she could get past them. As she's staring at them out the window, she's startled by the new nurse, Lucy Dushinfar. Nurse Lucy tells Maria the doctor has a new treatment for Maria and to follow her. Nurse Lucy leads Maria into a room that we see a sign on the door reads, The Happy Room. Yeah, that's a good place to go. She tells her to lay back on the bed in this room, and she tells her this new treatment will make her feel wonderful. Nurse Lucy then turns on this electronic box on a table, to which a plastic vibrator is attached via cable. Mm-hmm. There's some other dildos on the table nearby. Nurse Lucy starts to use the vibrator on Maria, rubbing against her labia and clit before fucking her with it. She leans in and licks Maria's clit as well. So it's like uh, some kind of like uh, weird Scientology device. Yeah, it's measuring use. her thetans. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're not clear yet. I'm going to have to fuck you a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> Nurse Lucy disrobes and Maria returns the favor using the vibrator on her. Uh, I feel like this is the same as if a doctor prescribed you a bunch of pills and then started to have the patients shovel some into the doctor's own mouth. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That sounds like a good doctor. <laughs> as the vibrator is being used doctor on... likes to party. Yeah, <laughs> party doctor. Yeah. As the vibrator is being used on Nurse Lucy, we see a hand... You went to a party medical school. uh yeah as the vibrator is being used on nurse lucy we see a hand reach into the door and turn the knob on the little electronic box all the way up Mm -hmm. and this will see some scary devil face flashes yes uh was this this is about the same time as the exorcist so uh, there's probably some stuff kind of lifted from that like some similar techniques perhaps yeah uh but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, we get those flashes of like those demonic faces as Lucy continues to lean back and enjoy herself until she starts to scream and jumps up. She sits down on the ground and we see the vibrator still inside her is now smoking. She is screaming that her pussy is ruined. Yeah, Maria panics and pulls the vibrator out of Nurse Lucy as uh, yeah, she's yelling to call a doctor or the fire department. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Getting a lot of use out of that button. (laughs) We cut to Maria in bed. More buttons. 
We hear demonic chanting, which leads to Maria sitting up in bed and standing up to investigate. She peeks out her door and begins to head down the hallway, seemingly hovering. She reaches a doorway at the end of the hallway and then just disappears. We hear, let Lucy drink from the magic grail. We see the back of a woman's head as she drinks from a goblet. We see a man with a demon mask standing in front of a room chanting. Then we see Lucy start to go down on this demon man. The rest of the room starts to get busy, including multiple men with stockings over their heads, women in outfits with cutouts for their breasts and vaginas. Do you like these outfits? Do you? I was thinking we could like adapt them for our teacher-based uh, philosophy. Like how the Mormons have their their sort of like a magic underwear they wear, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah. Kind of like a, a special garment that you wear for teacher worship. Okay, so like, uh, is it, are you thinking like it's a ceremonial thing or something that we expect them to wear all the time under their clothes? Well, they couldn't wear the head stockings under their clothes. That well, would be yeah. tough. Um, I think primarily ceremonial, I okay. think, would be good. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. All right, just imagine pews of people in their special little outfits. Yeah. <laughs> all praising the teacher. Oh, glorious day. Yeah, what a day. Wow, look at those tits. We get a long wide shot of this group. It's hard to see anything in particular happening, but there's just a bunch of sucking and fucking. We get more close-ups, particularly on Nurse Lucy blowing the guy at the front of the room. There's lots of... Sucking and fucking on the floor, and after a bit, a girl is riding a guy cowgirl. We eventually get a wet shot on some pubes, uh, and what appear to be some female orgasms, and a man operating a guillotine pulling up the blade. Yeah, that guy's cool. And I like uh, the devil occasionally will be like, Nirvana! Indeed. He yells Nirvana, and we soon cut to a fake but quite voluminous cum shot uh, from the devil man onto Lucy's face. Yes. Uh, The demon masked man, the devil man, says, And now, Lucy, for the ultimate orgasm. Lucy walks over to the guillotine, and the man standing by it sets her neck in the device and locks it in. We're told, only under threat of death will your senses be heightened to their ultimate peak. The man standing next to the guillotine starts to fuck Nurse Lucy as she's locked in the guillotine. The devil man makes a hand gesture as he chants and we see the man fucking Nurse Lucy grab the rope to the guillotine and let it rip. Her head gets taken off as we see him finish on her ass. You think would think her bowels would loosen. You would think. That would have been quite something to see. (laughs) It's going to (laughs) pop. Gross. Uh, We cut to Dr. George telling Maria that she had a terrible attack and they had to restrain her. Maria asks where Nurse Lucy is. Dr. George tells her, there's no Lucy here. And introduces Maria to her third nurse, Nurse Cindy. (laughs) who Dr. George tells Maria has been with Maria ever since she came here. Explains why there was so much turnover at the place. (laughs) Dr. George says they'll have to sedate Maria again, and he does so. So we cut to Maria again in her room at night. 
she gets up, throws on a robe, and tries to leave the room, but this time it's actually locked. Of course, that doesn't stop her for long because she grabs a butter knife off of a nearby meal tray and is somehow able to defeat the lock just by jamming it into the crack of the door for like three seconds. Just kind of wedge it in there. You know, feel it out. It'll pop usually. It's going to pop. Oh, yeah. It's going to pop. We see Maria walking <laughs> through the hallway, slowly peering around corners. Maria listens in on a conversation where Dr. George is telling a colleague that she's nearly ready for the supreme sacrifice. The other guy notes Lucy was wonderful, but she was too frightened, and it deprived them of those ultimate sensations. I thought they were supposed to be frightened. That's how I understand how the adrenochrome works. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it didn't, they hadn't, maybe they were doing something else back then. I don't know. They didn't have all the science around to to work out the adrenochrome yet. You had to get something else from it. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a lot to think about. Really makes you wonder. It does make you wonder. How many people died making this film? It's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. George tells the guy that the difference is that Maria is a nymphomaniac, and with her masochistic tendencies, that should put her in a state of ecstasy that will please them all. Dr. George mentions it'll go down tomorrow night. And just as this is happening, Maria knocks something over, tipping the guys off. So she goes running and they chase Maria down some stairs and snatch her up and decide to take her to the room. So This is not the happy room. No, this is a different room from the happy room. So we see Maria dragged into a room full of dead women's naked bodies. Yeah. Some hanging, some laying down. There's a head in a bucket, a foot hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, this is my uh, blood-sucking freaks room. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or no, this is my uh, house on Dead End Street. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of those. As Maria screams and fights, she suddenly stops and begins to make out with Dr. George. Nymphomania is... uh, It's hard to explain. It's a real problem. Especially if your life depends on it. (laughs) The other guy starts singing, Maria's gonna get it, repeatedly, as he climbs onto a cot with a naked woman's body. uh, Dead body, of course. What you're about to do is against the law in Alabama. And most other states as well. Yes, because he begins to fuck this dead body. Yeah. Dr. George and Maria continue (laughs) to make out. What an insane movie. Yeah. Uh, He sits Maria up on a counter and starts to fuck her as she leans back against the wall. The other guy in the background continues to fuck the corpse, using his stethoscope to listen to her non-beating heart. Well, he's he's kind of like reanimator. Okay. This is how he's going to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's going to, like, give her, like, a start once he's, like, getting his thrust on enough. It's sort of a CPR-type technique, I believe. Okay. It's experimental. Yeah, there's a lot of experimental therapy happening in this place. Uh, After a dramatic musical cue and more shots of the dead bodies and blood around the room, we cut to Maria and Dr. George naked on a round bed in a white room as the camera pans around the bed. Dr. George goes down on Maria for a bit. Maria returns the favor, starting to suck his cock. This continues for a while before Dr. George mounts Maria Missionary and begins to fuck her. You really get some good hard 
looks at John Seaman's stroke game. Yes. In this one. This is one of those ones where he didn't make himself look like terrible on purpose, so he's kind of a little handsome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this scene itself seems kind of out of place in the film. It does. Which is uh, the most terrifying thing of all. Right. After a bit, they switch up and Maria starts to ride Dr. George Cowgirl. They continue to fuck upright face-to-face for a bit as they continue to make out. The shot is getting nauseating as it's been spinning yeah, around the room for go- like 10 minutes. Yeah, a lot of the it is. And the song that plays, I don't know how often you've seen Kill Bill or how familiar you are with the soundtrack, but there's this little like uh, panpipe song by Zamfir that plays at, I think, the end of the first one, maybe. Okay. Uh, and this song sounds a lot like that. Okay. It was just... Uh, just a couple notes off the whole time, and I was like, what is this? This is <laughs> it's almost that. I'm getting dizzy. What's going to happen next? Well, we cut back to the room full of corpses, and Maria is yelling, fuck me! And Dr. George... Oh no, it was all a nightmare in her mind. Yeah. Uh, and Dr. George, I guess, finishes inside her. I guess not a nightmare. It was a dream for her. Yeah. She didn't know she was fucking next to a foot (laughs) the other guy is humming and still fucking the corpse before he pulls out and comes on the corpse's pubes we cut to dr george tying up maria in the corpse room saying as punishment he's going to leave her there to think about what a bad girl she's been dr george and his pal leave and then we cut to a skull saying maria and some shots of her being driven there blood coming out of the skull's eye yeah Random shots of gore we've already seen. Yeah. And then we see a twitching cock tell Maria she's been a bad girl and to repent. We get some shots of the devil man, more shots of the corpses in the room, including one that starts to move and open its eyes. Shots of like some random guts in there too, some intestines, I think. Some shots of dildos sparking out of the back, seemingly flying in the air. Yeah, I think these are the hollow dildos from earlier. Yeah. I think the dick you were talking about that's talking, that's the one with the hand crank. That's, gotcha. Yeah. They use that stuff. They knew what they were doing. Uh, but this scene is, this whole movie's nuts, but this scene's just great. The I love the dildo rockets. Maria looks at them and then turns her head away in fear. Yeah, the dildo rockets red glare. The dildos then start to shoot cum at her, really coating her. Yeah, so much. It looks like hand soap. Yeah. (laughs) We then cut to a woman handing Maria a goblet that she poured full of something. She tells Maria to drink this aphrodisiac, promising a great climax. She then starts to oil up Maria's breasts. And this scene is not unlike the woman who preps uh, the lead in Beyond the Green Door. Mm Mm-hmm. Maria lays down on an examination table, and the woman continues to oil Maria up and starts to make out with her and finger her for a bit. She climbs up onto the table and gets on top of Maria, making out with her and fingering her more. She gets down and starts to fuck Maria with a hard plastic vibrator while she rubs and licks Maria's clit. She continues to really give it to Maria for a while, and then we cut to the devil man chanting. Then we see Maria approach a toilet. She says in voiceover, 
She didn't drink that much, and she pours the remainder of her goblet into the toilet before sitting down to pee. Now, if I'm leading the devil cult, I'm not letting the victim get a hold of the goblet. Yes. That's, like, number one. Yeah. The stuff you want is all in that goblet, and you want them to drink it. Yeah, and you want to make sure she drinks it. Once you give them control of it, you've pretty much... You may as well just go home. That's my opinion. <laughs> but we watch Maria pee, wipe, and flush. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good, too. Uh, she knows she's not another Lucy, and there's got to be a way out of this. So we cut to Maria in the room with the devil man and all his followers. She lays down onto a mattress on the floor and is surrounded by everyone. They touch all over her body, and the devil man pulls out his cock, and Maria starts to suck it. He yells Nirvana. Yeah, there's sucking and fucking amongst mm. the other people in the room, and he continues to yell Nirvana. He just wants to be entertained. Yes. He's here now. <laughs> Entertain him. Maria's still sucking his cock, and we see the necrophiliac guy fucking a couch as feathers fly into the air. Yes, disgusting. The devil man yells, raise the guillotine, as he finishes on Maria's neck. He tells Maria the time has come for her ultimate nirvana. Maria stands up, and instead of walking willingly to the guillotine, she grabs a giant axe and takes out the devil man and the necrophiliac. It is huge. Burying the axe into the necrophiliac's back. Uh, Everyone else panics and runs out. Except for another guy who grabs a skull and bludgeons Maria to death with it. (laughs) Yes, and that's how uh, our film ends. So we cut to Maria on the floor dead with a 90 degree angle candle that's lit coming out of her vagina. Oh yeah, that, that's how the film ends. We, we see the necrophiliac with the axe in his back and we pan over to the robed devil man. But now his mask is off and we can see that unsurprisingly it was Dr. George. What? We pan out to get a wide shot and then the film ends. Okay. And that was hard gore. That is the kind of film we will never see again. No. <laughs> they don't make them like that anymore. I don't think they can. They don't make dildos like that in they, anymore, and they definitely don't make movies like this anymore. And you're mm. right, they probably can't. Yeah. They would, uh, you'd get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, a thing I learned recently is that Charlie Sheen had seen the film Guinea Pig 2, which is like one of those fake Japanese snuff films. Yeah. And was so concerned it was real that he called the FBI. (laughs) And I was just imagining him watching this. (laughs) In uh, Lucio Fulci's, I think it's Lizard with a Woman's Skin, Mm -hmm. there's a scene where like, in like one of the psychedelic sequences... Somebody opens up a door and they see like a dog that has like its insides ripped out and its hearts beating on the table and stuff. And apparently there ended up being a court case where they had to prove that that was a fake scene and not real. Oh. Because like they were going to get in trouble for animal cruelty, which has to go pretty far for them to get in trouble in Italy. Yeah. Considering cannibal holocaust and all that stuff i've seen them chop up a turtle yeah (laughs) i I didn't care for it yeah Uh, but uh horrifying yeah it's pretty it's pretty pretty good uh boy i hope i never get put in an asylum like that 
Yeah, I certainly hope not. But, you know, it's possible, just possible, that you need to go to one of those asylums. No. (laughs) Do not, do not threaten me uh, ever again. In talking about, (laughs) one more thing I was thinking about, and I wanted to double check on it before I said anything. Uh, When you brought up the whole thing about how they couldn't make this anymore, and we talked about all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Did they make one? No. um, I just wanted to bring up the fact that uh, there was a person in the 2000s who was successfully charged with obscenity yeah uh that being robert zakari aka rob black who amongst other things owned xpw a wrestling company that uh came out uh in the ashes of ecw's collapse okay but in addition he made a bunch of sex films uh some very brutal and violent ones and uh He ended up getting charged based off of uh, several of his films with obscenity. And originally he was charged in conjunction with five of the films that he had made, or Uh videos he made, really. Um, And then the charges were dropped, and then they got uh, reinstated. And uh, he was one of just a handful of people to even really have obscenity charges brought to him. Uh, in recent years, uh, he was under the gun for this stuff for like five years. And eventually he took a plea deal and spent a year in prison for it. Hmm. That's, uh, I guess that's not great. No, um, the stuff that he made is definitely stuff that I would not, uh, be into at all. And there's certainly question about how positive a force having it in the world is but it's kind of fucked up for people to get put in prison for making content where nobody was hurt yes i'm learning something about i'm learning about forced entry yes things sound bad yeah (laughs) Uh, i don't think i want to cover that one no we probably won't okay i guess if we run out of stuff we'll have to but yeah eventually we're gonna run out of porn and we'll have to cover forced entry rob to cover rob black's ouvoir but Um, until then we get uh we get to have some more fun yeah i think hard gore is about as far as i want to go right now yeah uh but with that we'll go ahead and take a break and then we'll be back to talk a little bit more about hard gore Speaking of people charged by obscenity, I would also recommend the documentary Boiled Angel about Mike Diana, directed by Frank Hennenlotter. Oh, uh, the director of Basket Case. Yes. And other classics. 
he talks about how uh, he talks about Mike Diana, who was charged with obscenity related to comics that he made and uh, was distributing in the early 90s. It's an interesting film. But you know what else is an interesting film? Do you have any of the comics for me to read? I do not. The Raincoat Review. (laughs) (laughs) That's disappointing. I know. I'm sorry. I love comics. Remember when we read those Danzig comics? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you remember about it? I remember that there were uh, eye nipples. I I pretty much just gave you one that was just an adaptation of one of the film segments. Yeah, yeah. You don't have much to remember. Mine was about a, like, devil woman who comes alive in the desert, and there's a big dick devil, and there's, like, a gang that tries to rape a woman, but instead she just, like, destroys them. And then later on, she, like, obliterates a pack of coyotes really graphically for no reason. (laughs) That's about the end of it. Great. Uh, Thanks, Danzig. Yeah, thank you, Glenn. Uh, (laughs) Maybe we should charge him with obscenity. Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to... Yeah. Charging him with uh, corruption of the youth, which is me, because I'm young at heart, and also obscenity. And this movie, I charge, is great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. This is just the the kind of film I love. I, I don't think there's another way to say it. It's it's gross and grimy. It's got stuff I've never seen before. And I was baffled and horrified by turns. Fair enough. Uh, it's uh, narratively, it's pretty simplistic, but it, it does create a uh, psychological kind of tension, a sort of uh, atmosphere to it that I would say rivals uh, other nasty 70s films uh stuff like i said earlier like blood sucking freaks or house on dead end street yeah i think are good comparisons to something like this where it's just uh it's very sadistic and cruel uh pretty much for its just for the sake of it yeah yeah uh and that, that could be a turn off to some people i could understand but uh it's also feverish yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of just crazy stuff that happens from the dick rockets to the the dildo thetan reading machine that uh, <laughs> overloads. Uh, there's a lot of cool like filmmaking techniques in here, like a lot of those like quick cuts to other things like flashes like the devil face. Yeah. But I think in this movie might be a little more effective, honestly, just because there's like scenes where they just like shoot to straight gore for a second. Yeah. And it's like a uh, subliminal kind of thing. I think that's more effective than seeing a scary face. Sure. Uh, at least to me. I don't know. I'm just like, ew, look at these guts. <laughs> I'm like, look at John Seaman's dick penetrating her. And I'm like, now I've got, now I feel weird about sex. <laughs> uh, so this film is, uh, is very good at, at uh, that kind of thing. Creating a... Uh, sense of unease and uh disgust within yourself for uh, enjoying what you're seeing yeah uh it's a pretty gnarly film all around i can't say like any of the performances or stand out or anything like that yeah but as a film experience 
I would say it's probably, it's close to being unparalleled to uh, anything else, at least that we've covered on this show. All right. There's definitely some like main, well, not mainstream films, but you know, uh, non-pornographic films that are like this, that have that same, uh, that same quality. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as things we've covered on this show, I, I think this one might stand alone. I, I don't know that it's the the, pornogra- the pornographic part of it's necessarily very erotic, mm-hmm. but it does mix horror in with porn probably better than most of the other films we've covered uh, on this occasional s- annual series. And for that, I'm going to give it a four and a half stars. Okay. I. I'm all in on hardcore. I think everyone <laughs> should have to see it. State required viewing. Yeah, <laughs> they should have to show it to children. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, hardcore is interesting. It's definitely not quite like anything that we've covered. Um, you could draw some similarities to certain things, like just like components of it, mm-hmm. like. There are things about it, just with the blood and everything, that make me think of something like A Woman's Torment, but that's a little bit more psychological and less... um, Not as visceral. Not as visceral, that's for sure. Less less, uh, just gruesome and dark. Like, A Woman's Torment is dark, but it's dark in a very different sort of way. Yeah. And you're not going to see... Exactly what you see in this film. Um, You know, there are moments that make me think of just kind of the grim atmosphere of something like water power. But Mm -hmm. I think water power has a bit more, even though it's really dark on the surface, there's something amusing about uh, Jamie Gillis's performance in it Mm -hmm. that makes it kind of fun. Uh, This film's kind of fun in a different way. In the sense that you don't know what's going to happen next. Definitely. It's, it's an assault of various uh, transgressive elements flying mm-hmm. at you. <laughs> In yeah. some cases, literally, like those flying dicks. Yeah, they attacked me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is not a lot like anything else. Like, there's other stuff that's very grim, like uh, her name was Lisa. Mm-hmm. Is really dark, but certainly uh, it's a different vibe. <laughs> and the the story darkness never gets like as dark as something like her name is Lisa. Right. Like you never like see her getting hooked on heroin and turned out. But yeah, yeah. I guess all her nurses do get murdered, but we don't really know them. Yeah, there's they existed to die. You don't get connected enough to any of the characters to feel like sorrow for them or anything so it doesn't get dark in that sense in the her name was lisa sort of way yeah but uh the content certainly is the content certainly is but it's almost so over the top that like i can't bring myself to be too disturbed by it it's more just like a thrill ride a roller coaster yeah um yeah i'm gonna give it four stars i think that the sex in here isn't particularly notable but uh everything else about the film certainly kept my attention you don't think a guy fucking a corpse is notable uh i mean i guess it's notable lady's head getting chopped off while she's getting 
banged out doggy style is notable. All right, let me rephrase that. Erotic. Okay. It's not particularly erotic. Well, you know, that's not what people come here for, I guess. Uh, I mean, sometimes they do. I don't know why people come here. Thank you. Come again. Thank you. Come again. And don't forget your raincoat. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll just do a quick plug. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Instagram, Twitter, X, Threads. uh, Patreon.com slash Raincoat Report. It's all Raincoat Report. Anywhere Raincoat Report is. Also, Chester.Cheeto at (laughs) gmail.com. Thank mm-hmm. you.